Welcome to Season 7. I'm Kirsty Rice and together with Nikki Moffat, we're the two fat expats. We've been expats for over 20 years and we have over 12 countries and 6 children between us who've been born all over the world. We've both worked, mothered, administered and volunteered, dealing with all the drama that comes with moving countries again and again. Each week on the podcast, we promise to give you the lowdown on expat life. We answer an anonymous question by tracking down the experts and we discuss our favourite finds, our biggest stuff-ups and we get the best tips for packing it all in. Okay, I'm in Adelaide in South Australia. Nikki Moffat, you're in Hamburg. How are you today? Well, Kirsty, it feels like I just saw you because we had such a big break. But I just want to point out to all the people who know that we do this via video link that today is quite the occasion. I'm sitting in a T-shirt and Kirsty <laughs> is wearing an Audi. And that never, ever, ever happens. <laughs> So I am wearing an Udi because yesterday I had my COVID vaccination, uh, which was really quite the monumental experience. And I, um, I, don't, I don't know, I'm sure everybody feels the same way. I think you go for so long where you can't do anything, right? You know, you can wear your mask, you can sanitize, you can do whatever, but you don't really feel like you're doing anything proactive. Does, does Is that fair? I think that that's right, particularly for you, because you know, you are separated from your family by a significant flight and, you know, the borders of the country are closed because of reasons regarding vaccination and the spread of the disease. So, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, I think for you it might feel a little bit more significant than it maybe feels for uh, other people who are getting the jab in the same location at the same time. I don't know. That That's just my point of view. But I was very excited for you. I was very excited for your vaccine selfie, which we've discussed before. Will you do the vaccine <laughs> selfie? <laughs> and no one else was around me. Nobody else was doing selfies. I was I was that person that you saw standing there taking a selfie while everyone else was just trying to get out. So the process where we are, you go to this massive, big, empty warehouse and it's all run by the government and Medicare and the, the health department. And you go with your Medicare card and show your ID. And then if you're under 50, you're having the Pfizer. If you're over 50, you're having the um, AstraZeneca. My girlfriend was telling me last night that she is still cross. And it was three weeks ago that the woman pointed her straight to the AstraZeneca and said to her <laughs> in a very patronizing voice <laughs> you're not under 50 now my girlfriend is 52 so she was not impressed she said I'm still hanging on to that I'm still so cross about that you know I am with her because when I had my fall and slipped on the ice and the woman was on the phone to the ambulance and was estimating my age I had the same the same issue <laughs> So I'm with your friend. Tell her I stand in solidarity with her and her, and her AstraZeneca shot. So, uh, so, so you yes, get your, no. yeah. So you get your yellow bracelet for to turn right, or your pink bracelet to turn left. You go down towards your yellow bracelet, and there are just pods and pods and pods of nurses with vaccinations and it's just this well-oiled machine which I'm sure people in the UK are like yeah this is old news we've been doing this forever but it um 
I really did feel like I was a part of something because you're on, there's so many of you on mass, you know, doing something. And when you go yeah. to a car park full of people that are all going for the same thing and it's it was very much like a military operation do you know of how it was sort of run then I got my little dot that said I wasn't allowed to leave the building for 15 minutes and I had to go and wait over there and I waited over there for 15 minutes and then um off I went with the promise that I did it have a time stamp on it Yet my little dot had the date. Here's your dot, had the time. Yes, yes, and you had to be there for 15 minutes. And then it's just the weirdest thing because you are sitting there going, I've got a little bit of COVID in me. (laughs) Like (laughs) now we wait and we wait and see. And everybody, of course, in Australia now is talking about their reaction. You know, what happened to you? What happened to you? You know, what did you do? Did you get the shivers or did you get a headache or did you get this or did you get that? Um, and I did what many people have talked about. I woke up at two o'clock this morning with the shakes and the shivers and the hot and the cold. And now today I just feel like I've got the beginnings of a cold. So that is a very long-winded answer to why I'm sitting here with the heat turned on full bore <laughs> and an oody on because I've got that feeling you know that just I'm just coming down with something which I'm hoping will be gone well I hope you feel better very soon oh look you don't it's it's such a strange thing because you're quite happy to be sick because it means it's doing something and you're you are constantly thinking well this is a lot better than having COVID Yes, well, yes. Most people do think that way, Kirsty. Although I'm not sure if our new reviewer, <laughs> Phil from the Donahue, <laughs> such a clever play on words to a mid 1980s slash 90s talk daytime talk show host, uh, thinks that he thinks uh, we're off to start a communist country where everyone's going to be vaccinated. So good work, Kirsty. You're first. You can be the le- leader. <laughs> You better explain that to people, Nikki. So so when we recently recorded, so when we recorded last week, we asked, we said, it's been a while, so if anyone could shoot us a review, we'd love to hear from you. And Phil the Donahue was our first reviewer. And he's also our first three-star reviewer, which is quite exciting. It's always good to have a difference of opinion. Um, but what Phil wrote, and sorry, we can't say Phil is, is a he or a she, we don't really know. Uh, but Phil suggested that... Well, it was really very unclear what Phil was suggesting because well, it was something totalitarianism. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. So we were. I think, he, I think Phil thinks that we're brainwashed by the government. Yes, um, of yeah. our country, and I'm not sure what our country is. Is he talking about Australia because we're Australians, or is he talking about the countries we live in? Or I wasn't very sure about that either. <laughs> there was some, there were some very unclear references. But anyway, thank you very much. We appreciate any and all reviews, and thank you to Phil for taking the time because that would have taken yes. a good five minutes. So thank you very much for doing that, <laughs> Phil. We look forward to more feedback as thank it comes. Thank you, Phil. And please, if anyone else would like to leave a review or go and look at Phil's review, head on over to your favourite <laughs> podcast app. All right, Kirsty. Um, I'm going to start by asking a question today about, so exciting news, we signed a lease this week uh, for an apartment in Copenhagen. And um, so this led to my question for today. So how small is the globally mobile slash expat world? How small is it really? 
and um, what is your story about it and I will share mine. So last week I was posting something about Hamburg and someone who I follow online who I don't know, I've never met them in real life. I think I started following them sort of four or five years ago. Maybe when I moved to Europe, I started looking at, you know, Instagram accounts in Europe or something. I'm not, I don't even know how this came up. Anyway, I followed this person and they messaged me and they said, oh, how's the move to Copenhagen going? I knew they'd previously lived in Copenhagen because I'd seen their pictures in the past. And I said, yeah, it's good. And they said, oh, we used to live on this street in this suburb. And I said, oh, yeah, we're about specifically. We're looking at something there. And she told me the apartment building. And I said, oh, what floor is that? And she told me the floor. <laughs> and then she said, and you go up the stairs and you turn right. It's that one. I said, okay, well, that's the apartment that we're going to sign a lease for. <laughs> and did she like living there? She loved it. She said it was an amazing apartment. Very, very excited to hear that someone else was moving in. She gave us all sorts of exciting lowdown on where we can find some paint that we might be able to use to paint the walls when we when we leave because to match the colours because when they were uh, renovating a different part of the building, she became friends with the painters and they gave her all the spare paint. Then she passed that on to another tenant. So she's given me the lowdown on that. So it's all we've had this now we're old friends on the gram we're basically spending our whole, a lot of time and then I said oh and by the way you know my kids are interested in the wi-fi so can you give us tips on how good the wi-fi is and what we should be doing about that and uh yeah no it's just really lovely but it's just a really small kind of yes. world really when you think about it I mean sure you know it's Absolutely crazy small. I remember I, I remember sort of three years ago, I think another person who I also had never met in real life, but I was at her place last Saturday night um, having socially distanced wine for two. And um, but she has been had been moving to Hamburg and I had sent her a message. I think she'd posted in the two fat expats group and I'd said, you know, I'm here. And if you ever you know want to catch up when you move here very happy to do so I was at my local market one day just walking through and she walked up she said oh are you Nikki and I said uh yep considering I didn't know anyone in Hamburg at the time and she said you know hi I'm I'm Makayla and and here you know and we had met online so and now you know we're great mates so I just think that the world is really quite small obviously it's quite big but also at the end of the day there's a lot of small and uh, very significant sort of connections that we have with other people who are living the same kind of lifestyle when we were first married um and not expats we moved but we'd moved within australia we uh were both working and green as grass and then my my husband desperately wanted to be an expat but he the company he worked for he was very lucky they were purchased by a um, firm who quite often is known as the big blue and the big blue um hires thousands of expats around the world so it's quite expat life is very common within their ranks if you work in their office you'll you'll always meet people from all over the world but I remember we got invited to the boss had a dinner and we were so sort of green that I remember we went with our jeans and we took a bottle of wine and we were thinking you know (laughs) cash 
So dinner, then we got there and realised that the, the boss lived in this really nice house because I imagine he had a rental allowance to do so. And yes. um, there were all these people and they all seemed to know each other, but they had these strange conversations like, um, oh, do you know the Browns? Oh, yes, we lived with them in Balikpapan. Or do you know, you know, the Greens? Oh, yes, we lived with them in Mumbai or whatever. And I remember thinking and getting in the car saying to my husband that was like something out of the firm can you remember the firm that scary movie (laughs) (laughs) and just thinking no that's not for me that's not what I'm gonna do anyway but of course it isn't like that once you start traveling you meet people from all over the world and all different things and they do lots of different types of roles and some people have emigrated forever and some people are just passing through um but and you meet a very wide circle but when we were in KL and this is my little story of how small our expat world was and is is when we were living in uh, Kuala Lumpur there was a beautiful woman called Deborah who lived down the road and she had a couple of kids and uh, her husband's name was Henry and um, we became friends fleetingly because we were only in KL for about a year. But I really, yeah. really admired Deborah. She was one of those people that just made something out of nothing everywhere she lived. And she was a hairdresser and she had a salon at her house and she was an aerobics instructor and she taught aerobics, you know, down at the local centre. And she just was busy, busy, busy and great fun and just got on with it. And she used to tell me how she'd lived in Libya. And I'd think, oh, God, imagine living in Libya. How exotic, how strange, you know, whatever. (laughs) Um, And then, lo and behold... Little did you know. Little did I know. Deborah moved on and off she went to somewhere else. And um, then shortly thereafter, we were told we were moving to Libya. And I'd remembered that Deborah had said... Um, we didn't live on the compound when we lived in Libya. I just didn't want to be that contained. I can't, you know, I don't want to live on a compound. And that had really stuck in my mind. And so I I said to G, look, um, I don't, if, if we can get away with it, can we not live on a compound? Can we go and live in a house within a neighbourhood in Libya? And so it is really, really hard to find a house in Libya. What it was, I should say. This is back in 2003. So um, there were no legal kind of rental agreements back then and you kind of met a guy in a on a side street with another guy who took you for a drive to a vacant house and you'd wander through and just sort of hope for the best. Anyway, eventually we found this house. We walked into the kitchen on the day that we were moving in. I opened the cupboard door and there were egg cups and they had the names Deborah and Henry and the names of their children on them and we had literally moved into exactly the same house that Deborah had lived in in Libya (laughs) so I just I think yes it is but I mean I imagine there's a lot of expats out there now nodding their head going yes that they arrived in the most random place I remember I remember standing at a party in Jakarta dancing on the dance floor and meeting this guy who was a photographer and him saying he was going on a houseboat in Australia and me saying oh um where are you going on a houseboat and he said it leaves from Redmark and me going that's where I'm from and just you know being so excited as you are when you're young and green as grass and a long way from home I mean now I'd probably go oh yeah 
<laughs> it's like when you meet an Australian in Canada. Oh, yeah, another one. <laughs> yeah. But so that, but it's not only people that live sort of this life. So my mum knew so many people all over the world. Mm. I can't really know why. She was very involved in a couple of international organisations. And we were once in Shenzhen. So we'd gone from Hong Kong to, you know, to the shopping and whatever. And we were having a, a pedicure and we're just sitting in this sort of, you know, there's hundreds of pedicure places sitting. And this woman walks in and sits down beside my mum. says, hello, Terry, how are you? Oh. It's just like someone that she, <laughs> someone that she knew from home. <laughs> That's great. Just so weird. Yeah. Where everyone in the world, my mum would always know someone. Oh, hello. Yeah. So, but I mean, the world is a big yet small place. But yeah, I mean, I'm sure that there's loads of people who say now, yes, this happened to me. That's happened to me. I've met all these great people yeah. through all these sort of random ways and means. Yeah. So yeah, it's nice to remember that in these times where we're focused on a lot of other things, it's nice to remember sort of the positive and the good and the, and the fun. When you said that about your mum seeing people, I think about that like if I walk through the airport in Singapore or Hong Kong I'm always looking for someone I might know because yeah randomly you do seem to run into people you know and and it's people from my country town that's got seven and a half thousand people I was standing at the duty-free in Qatar and ran into someone from home and you know, you, you often see people, but I think, well, how much of that do we miss now? Because we're, we've got a device that is stealing our attention. I once wrote a Facebook post that said, I've never been to Singapore airport and not run into someone I knew. And mm. they didn't necessarily live in Singapore or Hong Kong. Like you just in Singapore airport, if you spend a couple of hours walking around, yeah. <laughs> big chance you're going to meet someone. Um, so, yeah, look, I think that's true. So, Nikki, my question to you. How confident are you that the proposed European Union's digital COVID certificate will prove to be successful? And by successful, what I mean is, do you think it will go ahead and that both business and community will adhere to using it? Well, I don't think business and community have to decide. I think governments have to decide, right? So it's about people entering the country in a way. So it's if you're entering by plane, you can't get in without the magical uh, proposed situation. So I don't think, I think that the governments will take the responsibility and say, okay, businesses, we have to have the contact tracing through QR codes, etc. We have to be consistent with that on a business level. But I think that they won't make businesses and the community take responsibility for the actual COVID passport situation. Do I think it will be successful? I mean, yes, I think that they'll open up to it. Um, and I, But I, it just remains to be seen what happens. <laughs> I don't think the first year is going to be particularly successful, to be honest. Yeah. I'm really fearful. You know, I read things coming out of the US where the US government has said that there will be no federal mandate in the US. So I hear that and go, oh. And, you know, we read we read our review from our friend Phil who tells us that we're, you know, raving That's right. communists. That's Nothing to be worried about. about. Wearing masks and whatever. That Being vaccinated. I've, I've just read a couple of... Um, Articles that have been from more conservative newspapers. I'm getting to the stage now where I think sometimes the people who are all getting vaccinated are being quiet and the people who 
aren't and the people who who believe in conspiracy theories are being quite vocal and so this is why I take the selfie and this is why I say out loud that you know I, I feel we should be vaccinated because I obviously have skin in the game that I want to see my husband again but I was reading from a, a more conservative opinion writer that making people show their proof of vaccination was the same as living in Nazi Germany yeah, and that I mean, it was the whole can I see your papers and that it was the hallmark to a police state and then I saw something in a similar style of newspaper coming out of the UK where they said it's going to uh, show our inequalities um, but I mean I'm not sure what it's how it works uh, in Europe but I know in Australia it is illegal to charge for the vaccination it's illegal to charge for your time and it's illegal to charge for the actual vaccination itself so if you don't go to one of these massive centres and you just go to the doctor's surgery the doctor cannot charge you like it just all gets bulk billed to the government so I was thinking well it's not going to show an inequality here for um, people because everybody gets it everybody gets a free vaccination so it just sort of worries me. But what what I thought was interesting in the same breath when, you know, we're talking about business um, jumping on board is I saw that Carnival Cruises will require proof of vaccination. So they're obviously, that, and, and that is an American business. And there have been people in America that have said, you know, no, you can't do that. It's, you know, un-American. Um, so I'm just, I'm just interested in, and how is this going to pan out? Because you know you you scroll you you'll stroll along in your own little bubble of my mother's been vac- vaccinated, my husband's been vaccinated, my sister's been vaccinated, I've been vaccinated, and then I'll read something in the most random place, like like the football club that I follow in the football Facebook page. Some woman will absolutely protest about wearing a mask, and that it's you know it's all a conspiracy and everybody's against us. And I'll think. Am I am I kidding myself that everybody's doing this? I don't know. I just I I really hope these passports go ahead, these vaccination passports go ahead, but I just wondered what your thoughts were over there on the other side of the world. Well, I think the thing is this like I this person who's writing about this, like when you go to certain countries in the world, you have to show a yellow fever vaccination or they won't let you in. They will put you on a plane and yeah. send you back. And, in fact, I've had two yellow fever yeah. vaccinations because en route from uh, from South Africa to Tanzania, I lost my yellow fever vaccination slip in the plane. And at the airport in Kenya, I had to go to the medical clinic and get another one. I said, is this going to be a problem? No, no, just put it in my arm. Okay, fine. So then I got back on the plane and promptly found it again. But so I had, and now I've lost both my yellow fever certificates. So if I want to go to a country where I need a yellow fever certificate again, I'll have to either have a blood test or I'll have to have another vaccination. I mean, I don't think that that is an issue. I think that and it and you know when you look at that people say oh yeah but that's not for everywhere so it's a really privileged view I think for people to say yeah but I'm not going to go to a country where you need a yellow fever vaccination you know which tend to be a lot of countries Mm. with low you know like African countries or countries in various parts of the world where not everybody where they're not big tourist destinations right so but I want to be able to go to where I want to go as a tourist and not have a vaccination 
well, that's fine and that's your ability not to have a vaccination, but don't expect to be able to go somewhere if the government of that country or the business or the whatever level they're putting the, the community responsibility says we don't take responsibility for that. I mean, Carnival Cruises is going to require proof of vaccination up to how old, right? Because in the group... Um, you know, the kids, not all kids are getting vaccinated. And I know a lot of adults who are vaccinated who are very reticent about their children being vaccinated and want to sort of think on it and, and reflect on it. And, and uh, you know, and, and that's that's fine. I mean, if kids are under 18, it's a parent's decision. I get it. The parents decide to be vaccinated and the kids don't, whatever. But, uh, you know, I think that businesses... Um, you know, a business has a right to refuse you entry if you wear, if you're not, you know, no, no shirt, no shoes, no service. It's the same kind of thing, you know. And the no shirt, no shoes is, you know, you might be smelly if you're only wearing a singlet and you haven't put deodorant on. And you know, wearing shoes, you could bring sort of rubbish off the street into my shop. Like it's about what you're bringing into the business. It's not only how you look, I guess. But I'm, I'm just saying, like it. it it's all there for a reason and they have their own rules. And so I kind of respect it. I think it, look, I, I a hundred percent agree. It's open to, you know, widening inequalities in the world. I, I, I get that. But in most countries that I know of, and I'm waiting for a Federati to tell me otherwise, it, it, the vaccines are provided by the government for free. Now access to them is a different thing. Now, the, the level of access is totally different, but I believe in the UK that the access is quite broad and there is no charge for the vaccination. Um, certainly in Germany, same thing. So it's just a matter of, you know, I, I can't speak for everyone. And we're talking about very privileged first world countries here. Like we haven't even started to talk about, you know, countries that don't even have access to, to vaccines yet or, or not very much access because no one's really talking about them. People only care about being able to go to Europe for summer at the moment in this level of conversation, mm. right? So the pers- people that are writing these articles are thinking about themselves as a relatively privileged person being able to buy a plane ticket, get on a plane and have a holiday, you know. So they obviously haven't lost their job due to COVID or, you know, been financially impacted or are unable to be in that position to travel to to do that i don't i just think it's it's pretty you know as i'm always saying to my children the world is not black and white it's pretty gray out there Mm. Mm. (laughs) and so you know why while i would love i mean the european union needs the the dollars of the of the um of the tourists of the vaccinated tourists and if they've decided or the way to get the the tourist dollars back is to ask for everyone to be vaccinated before they come you know fair play to them if that's what they have to do i mean they're not doing it to control somebody they're doing it to try and reduce the health any health emergencies that might they might have in their own countries yeah absolutely the only other thing about the passport thing is i do think back to when i lived in indonesia and this was a in the early 2000s so things are possibly very very different now but I know you could pay for a passport if you wanted a passport badly enough. If you were 45 and you needed to be 40, well, that was fine. If you were willing to pay you know, an extra few dollars, that would be fine. And I did hear, I've got a friend locally who, who usually works in Chicago and he's here sort of waiting it out until it's it, he can go head back. And he said that 
the the chatter at his work in Chicago is all about how you can buy vaccination certificates on eBay and you know for those who need to show them so obviously that is going to play a role in in some places although I'm just trying to think like you, you would have to just be so desperate not to be vaccinated wouldn't you to be willing to pay to look like you were yeah look I mean I so I have friends in the US who don't think they need to be vaccinated who don't want to be vaccinated but said yeah okay I'm going to get vaccinated just because it's going to make my life easier Mm, yeah and I think that there are probably a lot of those people around in quite a few countries who think no I don't need to be vaccinated I don't want to be vaccinated but it's going to make my life easier in the next and you know for the first 12 months of the vaccination program they probably won't be vaccinated but then after that they're going to see well you know maybe they'll see that it makes things different or maybe they'll see after 12 months no I was right and I'm pretty happy with my decision yeah I know for me I definitely did all of that where the vaccinations came and I decided I wanted this one not that one or this one was going to do this to me and that one would would do that to me and I had this conversation with you Nikki about people that say oh I'm going to wait I'm going to wait and then I thought well I'm a total hypocrite if I wait, because I want everyone to be vaccinated because I want to see my husband again. That's totally it. I want him to be able to fly back and forth and not pay $5,000 for quarantine and not spend 14 days in quarantine just down the road in a hotel when he could be, you know, here at the house. I want all of those things. It's very selfish. It's all very, very selfish on my behalf. But I'm also at the stage now where I want to see my friends that I haven't seen. I want to go back to Qatar. I want to, you know, I want my old life back. Um, So it was like, well, you need to go and get vaccinated. I also realised the absurdity of I went and got a flu shot and they said to me, do you want the such and such flu shot or do you want the such and such? And there was a $20 price difference because the one that was the extra $20 was going to cover you for a few more strains. And I walked out of there and I thought, I don't even know what flea shot I just got. I've got no idea what it was called. I don't know who made it, where it was done. And I was quite happy for the pharmacist to just, it was a walk-in as I was, I literally made the decision going to Woolworths and I walked past the pharmacy and it said walk-in flea shots available and I thought, oh, I'll do that. And I walked in and someone jabbed me in the arm with it. And I thought, how ridiculous, there you are researching the COVID vaccination to the nth degree, but you're quite happy for some, some random to and, and that, poke you with yeah. something. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say is that, you know, we haven't lived through something. Like I would say probably the last amazing life-changing vaccination was probably polio, right? So mm, uh, that's mm. my grandparents' generation. So we're all vaccinated for polio. It's not an injection. It's just some drops you have when you're three mm. months and six months and nine mm. months or whatever. I never questioned my children having the polio vaccination. Never. never. I just no. thought polio is bad. Shouldn't have that. Let's have the vaccinations. Hooping so, is bad. But, Need uh, to be vaccinated. Yeah. And so I just think it's just different because you know, the whole world is dealing with this at the same time. And somehow it's become political in that, you know, your political views seem to dictate a lot 
about how, which way you're going to sit, which I think is crazy because I think health is not political. Health is, you know, no matter what who you vote for, you believe that people should be able to be healthy. Yes. <laughs> you know, like should have. So anyway, yeah. uh, let's not go down that track. But thanks, yeah. Phil, for that. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Phil. <laughs> that's our answer, Phil, if you're wondering. Um, yeah, that's right. Um, but we look forward to this week's review. Um, so, Nikki, bold statements. I've gone and done something. You know, last week I said I thought I needed a rowing machine, right? Yeah. So then, of course, I became an expert in rowing machines like you do. <laughs> like, you be, like you're an expert in vaccines. Yes, Excellent. Yes, yes. So I became an expert in rowing machines and um, I'm pretty sure, and please, anyone with a rowing machine, come on, come on down and tell me, but... I'm pretty sure when it comes to the because you have air rowers and you have water rowers, air rowers it was the concept whatever the concept two or whatever, and then water rowers really took my eye, Nikki, and um, I started off with. Are they new? Oh, I think I think relatively newish, but th- it escalated quickly. I started with Facebook Marketplace. You know, I'll, I'll spend one hundred fifty bucks. I'll spend two hundred bucks, and then and then of course you're seeing that all the decent rowing machines. You know, well, the ones that are around that shape. It's usually has a disclaimer of you know the screen doesn't work on it anymore or just needs a little bit of a touch-up or blah, blah, blah. Right. Yeah. So I, I was doing all yeah, that yeah, and then I yeah. missed out on a couple and then I started to get really grumpy. And then um, I saw these water rowers, which um, they they are exactly what they sound like. They've got a big round ball in them that has water so that when you pull the handle, it's got this swish, swish, and then the uh, I've I've googled oh, them. You? I've watched some YouTube videos. Yes, I saw your commentary about water rowers. I was like, <laughs> okay, I need to be looking into this. Um, and they're also very pretty because they're wooden. Some of them, yes. and they might even match the wood stain that I have in my house. And we have had a rowing machine in this house before. I had a, oh, I have a son who was a rower, so we had one of the the concepts of over the summer while oh, he yeah. rode and we had the whoosh, you know in the coming sorry for anyone's ears that I've just heard I just realized I did that straight into the microphone um but it was very loud and when he was on when he was on the rowing machine we were all on the rowing machine with him do you know like it went throughout the house whereas the water I was a little bit more this it sounds like you're rowing on the water and it has that feeling of dragging an oar through the water anyway I've gone and bought one <laughs> Just done it. Well, so it's, with a little it's, with a little bit of encouragement from my husband. So I said I would, you know, hire one, and that was a problematic and whatever. And and then he said, just go and buy one. Um, and I do think now that I don't have little children, you know, we have we have a room here that's called the playroom. Yeah, and people kind of people kind of smirk when we refer to it as the playroom because it's not like my, you know. 17 year old son is sitting down with the lego anymore or but that, it's a rumpus you know, room it's where you send all the children to watch a movie or you know well nikki i've been on pinterest and you know what that room's going to be now it's going to be the it's going to be the well-being room the well, oh my god oh my god okay okay so, um, now i have to head to pinterest to look at your board <laughs> Okay, so that's me. Um, 
it doesn't get delivered until possibly the end of the week, the beginning of next. But I'm very excited because it has all those things that you have with your Peloton of you can put your iPad into it and you can roll all over the place and you can roll against other people and you can do whatever. Um, but this is going to be my bold statement, right, is once I get it, there's going to be the set time in the mornings where we're up and we're on the water rower. Now, how did you go with your decluttering and your 30 minutes of exercise that you mentioned last week? Well, exciting times. Um, 30 minutes of exercise, I'm going quite well. I haven't managed it every day this week, but hopefully in the coming week I will because I have recently joined a um, a team. So the the one of the groups I belong to here, the American Women's Club, is holding a virtual walk across America through the national parks. So, and then they've made teams. So you have an app that you belong to and you are segmented into a team in that app. So we've walked from San Francisco to Death Valley so far. And so everyone in our team every day puts in, you know, what kilometers they've done walking, running, riding. And so, and there's a WhatsApp group and it's very motivating, let's say. I'm not saying pushy, I'm saying motivating to say, okay, you know, who hasn't put their kilometers in today yet, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so that's actually been a really cool thing to to do, to sort of just, because I've always said I really need some sort of goal because I'm hopeless without one. So this is this is a good one for me. Um, and that's called my virtual mission. So, and the other one was the decluttering of my personal wardrobe, which I did not do on the weekend. And so I, I fold that over to next week. So let's, uh, let me speak in glory about that next week. Kirsty, three favorite things. What have you got? My three favorite things for this week is I have discovered, and I know we don't usually talk about makeup or personal products. We usually talk about podcasts and things, whatever. (laughs) Why not? But I have discovered a thousand hour eyebrow mascara and it is life changing for me. I'm one of those people that needs to go and get my eyebrows um, dyed, you know, once a month or whatever. And I never get it done enough. Like I get it done and it looks fabulous for sort of three weeks and then then it gradually it gets so, 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 so bad that I have to go and get it done again. And I'm not good with an eyebrow pencil. I'm not a person that's very good at that. But yeah. I have discovered this 1,000-hour eyebrow mascara and I absolutely love it. And it's from the supermarket and it's cheap. I can't remember how much, but it's not much. Um, so if anyone else has had those dramas, um, that is my top tip for this week, 1,000-hour eyebrow mascara. The other thing that I wanted to talk about this week was a podcast I listened to. We all know that I'm a fanatical Port Adelaide football club supporter. Our ex-cap... <laughs> no, really? Are you sure that's your? Are you sure that's the club you support? Our ex-captain is a guy called Travis Boak who still plays. And if for other sports references, I think he's probably... He's not as old as Tom Brady. I mean, who is? But he uh, is an... <laughs> he is an elder player now in the AFL and one of those people who has stayed supremely fit and does all sorts of things to look after himself. Um, I am fascinated with this guy because he's one of those sports people that has a story. Um, he does a lot of work with childhood cancer. He lost his own father in the, in his draft year um, and by all accounts it, it, it's had like quite 
a huge effect on him and he's just one of those people that you're really really drawn to but he's very private like you while he's done all of those roles where he's been in the media and talked about football it's always been very much about football about his health about his game about being a captain blah 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 anyway he um was on a podcast recently it's called the podcast itself I can't I think it's called the power of being yourself I'll put the link into it the guy who did the interview with him is a guy called John Prince who I'd never heard of before had to google John Prince was a professional poker player and um because he was a professional poker player spent a lot of time training on his own because you do train to play poker yes and um ended up doing a master's of psychology and it becomes apparent in this interview that Travis Boak has used him as a coach um, over time and it is a fantastic interview where he really does bear his soul about how he's got through the last sort of 10 years of his life because he was a very successful sports person and a captain of a team that looked like they were going to win a grand final and then they didn't. And then he had a lot of public scrutiny on his performance and he really didn't play very well for a couple of years. And then he had sort of this massive resurgence. Um, He was nearly the Brownlow uh, medal winner. He was the runner up last year. Um, And he really talks, to give you an idea of why I'm raving about it, my husband has listened to this podcast two or three times because he really found it quite uplifting um he kind of talks about being a human first and an athlete second how he has a gratitude journal that he gets up every morning and what he writes in his gratitude journal does he meditate um uh yeah he he does all sorts of things he talks about the difference in meditating and what you can call meditating um and and why now he sort of enjoys the spotlight more because he's got more of a purpose um and that whole balance between wanting to strive to be really good at what you do but not letting what you do rule who you are because that's not who you are being a good sports person is not who you are um it's all about what's a person you are um and I just, I really, really enjoyed it. Now, I'm sure, I'm sure I'm biased because I watch this person play sport all the time, but I really did think it was a great interview and that he gave quite a lot of himself. So enjoyed that. And I've put here my last thing that I like is Julia Roberts. And the reason I'm saying that is I have struggled a lot in the last, particularly in the last few weeks. I have found being away from my husband, looking after the kids, um, heading to Remark each week, I have struggled to the to the point that there's been tears, and you know there's been a little bit of a I'm just going to go and sit in my room and have ten minutes in my room and have a really good cry, and then I'm going to come back out and face it all again. And the reason I say Julie Roberts is I saw someone wrote that they'd watched an old movie of hers. Um, I think it's called Something to Talk About. I'm not going to recommend it as a great movie. What I'm going to recommend it as is a step back in time to when movies were so simple, Nikki, in the 90s, when there was a very simple tale told and... Uh, you know, in this in this movie, the parents are Robert Duval and someone else who's Southern, and 
and it's awesome. Kira Sedgwick plays her sister. So I watched it and I thought, oh, Julia Roberts movies, like those sort of movies, they're really quite simple and easy to watch. And I'm just going to sit and watch some of these sort of things to just make life simple um, again. So that's me. They're my three. Tell me no, no, that's totally true because not on my three, but could be, is that I didn't do my wardrobe on the weekend because I was rewatching Downton Abbey because I was going back to like yes. a safe place, just a yes. lovely safe place where everything's quite straightforward and it's all just very nice and <laughs> yep. ordered and you know what's going to happen and there's no real problems. Yes. Um, so in my three, favourite three, um, so I didn't mention this last week and then someone did post in the group, but I have had it on here for a while, is Mayor of Easttown. And is it good? It is. You know, I think people really like it for its almost its relatability. Like Kate Winslet is playing a 45-year-old woman and she is a 45-year-old woman and yeah. she's playing a 45-year-old woman who doesn't have a beautiful house. Like she's a police detective and she has a really complicated life. Like she has yeah. a son that's committed suicide and she looks after her grandchild. Um, you know, she has a mother, her, her husband who's getting remarried lives across the street and, you know, and she has a complex relationship with her daughter and her mother and, you know, she has her hair is growing out she does not she has big long roots like <laughs> it's not balayage it's totally root growth regrowth and you know she just has this really complicated life and she's not you know she's a normal side like she's not tiny like she doesn't like appear beside all these big rugged men as like this tiny little person like she's a normal sized person in a normal sized world and she yes. just and it's um saturday night live did an absolutely great um sort of take off of it because it's set in philadelphia and has these very particular accents and they uh. called it murder murder and they, so they did all these things with her. So she, Kate Winslet really does. Like it's like looking at Renee Zellweger and said, can she really be Bridget Jones? And she could, right? Yeah. Like she really could yeah. be Bridget Jones. So Kate Winslet also could really not be British in this. Like she really does the accent and it's, it's really very good. Yeah, I don't know okay. that particular region, but yeah, it's, it's just, it's, it's gritty. It's, 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 I think it's eight seven or eight episodes and it's and I watched it week by week final episode yeah yeah a really good final episode yeah. well yeah the last two episodes were particularly good like you sort of felt right. it was wrapped up and then it was a little bit more but anyway quite enjoyed oh, it excellent. um another thing I would say that probably no one can see anymore but I just want to talk about it and I enjoyed it was um baby max instagram stories yesterday <laughs> about <laughs> The birth of Lilibet Diana. (laughs) And I recommend it to all my WhatsApp groups. And it was just so very funny. And so she talked about the birth of the new new baby to be princess in the future. And, you know, she said, just imagine, you know, Kath, Pip and Carol's WhatsApp chat. You know, like what's going on in there? You know, my daughter is Charlotte Elizabeth Diana. What she meant was Kate Middleton and her sister and her mother (laughs) talking about Megan calling her daughter Lilibet. Yep. Well, but also like, I mean, her own daughter is Charlotte Elizabeth Diana. And now Megan's daughter is Lilibet Diana. Like it's the same name, just in a different format. (laughs) 
really yes. and 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 then she talked about you know imagine her and wills you know putting the kids to bed bed you know sitting on the couch on sunday night turning something on on the tv and you know something comes up and then they just start talking about the name it just was very very funny and i do it remember was. that i do enjoy a bit of baby max instagram story so that's She's my recommendation. Fabulous. She is very fabulous. Yes. The third thing I have what's is... For, what's for dinner, Bev? She <laughs> what's for, what's dinner, cooking, Bev? Yeah. Um, so yes. I, the third one that I have is a podcast and I've, I really listen all the time and I enjoy it, but I'm almost reticent to recommend it because it's three, three, three white men who do it. Um, it's a podcast called Smartless. And um, oh. it's done by um, Jason Bateman, Sean Hayes, and Will Arnett. And they are, um, Jason Bateman and Will Arnett are both from um, Arrested Development. And Sean Hayes is Will and Grace, obviously, as well as other things that they've all done. So they um, have this podcast format where one of them invites a, a guest and they don't tell the other two who's coming. And so they sort of reveal, do a reveal and so they do a sort of an introduction reveal. And, you know, they're three very um, funny, yeah. funny guys. So it is really, it's really enjoyable. It's just a bit of a laugh and they're sort of all sort of sitting around having a laugh. And and it's not, it's 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 not smutty. It's not like it's none of the things it could be. It's just sort of very reasonable middle of the road conversation about, these people and it's not necessarily amazing reveals or deep insights it's just sort of sort of you can just it's friends sitting around and having a conversation so I think it's you know if you're looking for a new it's one of those safe to listen to you know like in the COVID world if you're feeling a little bit unsafe go to Smartless and it's a pretty good pretty good podcast to listen to so that will be my third recommendation of the week Kirsty. And we're done. Okay, Nikki Moffat, I will see you next week. I will see you next week then too. I hope you feel better soon, Kirsty. <laughs> Bye-bye. I will.